Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kim, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, the best in new inventory. Great pre owned inventory. With the Sunbury Motors Guarantee. And a fabulous service department that backs it all up with great technicians. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, almost worth online at sunburymotors.com. So last night, I am watching a documentary on. The 1984 NFL season. They referred to as the season that saved the NFL. They'd just come through a strike, had a lot of problems. I talk about, you know, the USFL is starting. The um, the Raiders win a lawsuit to move from Oakland to Los Angeles. Then, I think it was... Uh, Mm, I want to say how many years ago yesterday the Colts moved in the middle of the night and then there was this little tidbit that was thrown in in the script where it took me aback there was the Colts had moved and they did in the middle of the night with the Mayflower truck and that would be, what, 83? So that would be, what, 40 years ago yesterday? Okay. And the Raiders had moved from Oakland to Los Angeles. There was another team that was all set to move to Phoenix. Do you know which team that was? The Cardinals. Are you there? Nope. Not the Cardinals. Cardinals eventually did, but not the Cardinals. I mean, so the Raiders, Colts, and uh, Cardinals are out. You, yeah, you have, have twenty nine other choices. <laughs> <laughs> although, although you could take out you could take out the Jags and the Panthers, right. and the Texans. Yes. I'm just trying to think back to all the movement of the teams to see what, which one would make sense. Come on. Show's over at five. <laughs> uh, I'll say the Seahawks. I don't think that's right. It's not. No. The Philadelphia Eagles. Really? Yep. I sat back and went, Wow. Wow. Well, I legitimately did not know that. (sighs) 
Well, there's a lot about your team you don't seem to know, but they're your team. No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! Hey. I feel like every day I tell you something new about your team. Is that a good thing? It's your team. Well, it's always good to learn something new every day. The problem is it's every day. (laughs) The problem is it's every day. (laughs) But, yeah, obviously it's in the script because Rob Lowe is the narrator. And he, it's like thrown in there like, I sat back and went, really? (laughs) Are Are you kidding me? Really? Wow. I was kind of taken aback by that. How about that? Uh, I'm going to correct something that our social media page had on it. Because every once in a while, I'll get, I'll, I take a look and it said something. I that something about I said something about ESPN's in trouble. No, <laughs> ESPN is not even remotely in trouble, but they're going to have layoffs. There's a big difference between the two. ESPN is not in trouble. But they're going to have layoffs, and they're being told to be smart with what they're doing with their money. Like when they make a bid, hey, it's got to be a bit of, bit of responsibility. And that that's what I'm talking about with them where they are right now. Because coming up is the women's basketball Final Four. Iowa's going to play South Carolina, and Virginia Tech is going to play LSU in Dallas. The women's basketball contract is lumped in with all the other championships in a $34 million a year deal. But it's lumped in with all of them. I'm talking like 80 championships. Wrestling, lacrosse, soccer. And the women's basketball tournament's part of it. The women's basketball tournament, and Don Staley will make the same... um, plea this week that when it runs out next year that they should have their own separate contract with whatever broadcast entity. All right. Can you blame her for saying that? Of course not. Is the product uh, become more intriguing and 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 maybe I mean, it's kind of like the, the right the timing. The timing is good in terms of the product, but the timing is bad. And here's the reason why the timing is bad. Again, let's. can I preface this by saying what I'm about to say has absolutely zero to do with the product, okay? Right, this okay, has nothing to do with the product. But let's think about the sports landscape in the last 18 months on TV. On TV. Okay. You have to have, for something like this, and they think they can get between 80 and $120 million a year for this, to which I say maybe. And here's the reason why. You need to have some sort of, quote, bidding competition. Where is it going to come from? So let's look at the last 18 months. So let's start with CBS. CBS already has the NCAA men's tournament, so they're not going to bid for the women's tournament. As simple as that. But in the last 18 months, they have put more money in to the NFL. Have to. They have put more money in to, 
to now at when the loss of the SEC contract, they're actually going to pay more now for the Big Ten contract. And they already have the NCAA men's basketball tournament. And they have the Masters and so forth. So you can't picture them bidding. Turner. Turner put more money in to carry the NHL. Turner already carries the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Turner put more money in to carry Major League Baseball. This is all in the last 18 months. right? And Turner knows, I mean, the 10,000 bag of bricks in the room is the NBA contract. Turner's going to bid for that again. NBC. NBC put in more money for the NFL in the last 18 months to carry Sunday Night Football. Great. Right? NBC then took their NHL money that they then said we're not going to pay anymore and then put in a higher bid to get Saturday night Big Ten football. And it also includes some Big Ten basketball games on Peacock. Okay. They already have NASCAR. And they already have the U.S. and British Opens. And they have Notre Dame football, which they're still trying to work out. And they have the Olympics. Had to toss that in there at the end. It's kind of a contractual obligation with the corner office. That's NBC. Now let's get to Fox. Fox re-upped big on the Big Ten. Fox re-upped big on the NFL. Okay, Fox has the Big East contract. Fox signed a new deal with the Big 12. Now, that won't kick in for a couple of years, but they, they already signed up for it. Fox already has NASCAR. So what are they going to do? And by the way, NBC wants to bid for the NBA. Fox has said they want to bid for the NBA. I have not heard anything about whether the CBS wants to or not. Okay? Which then brings us to Amazon. Amazon, of course, already has the NFL. Amazon wants to bid on a Friday night Pac-12 game. Amazon, what was the other thing Amazon? Amazon wants to bid on the NBA. Notice a common theme here. Now let's get to ESPN. In the last 18 months to two years, they signed a massive deal with the Southeastern Conference. They re-upped at an increase the Big 12. They lost the Big 10. So that money's sitting there. But they re-upped at a smaller number with Major League Baseball. They added the NHL. They re-upped from $1.9 billion to $2.7 billion a year for the NFL, which includes the rights to all the highlights. Okay, that's a $900 million increase for the NFL per year 
per year, which guarantees them a Super Bowl. And now there's this. Then, of course, what do they need to bid on? Matt, you can answer this. The uh, National Basketball Association. Yep. Right now, they're into the tune of $1.4 billion a year on that. Turner's in at $1.2 billion. All right. The NBA has publicly stated they would love to triple their numbers. So let's say they don't quite triple it. But you're still talking about $3.6 to $4 billion a year that ESPN would have to, quote, pony up for this. You're talking about a $3 billion increase. So over here in the back, where's the money left, especially when there's belt tightening, to make a substantial bid? And they're still going to have to bid on the other championships. They still have to bid on the other championships, including the NCAA wrestling tournament, which was part of the group. So do they have enough money left to then bid on the women's tournament or to make a substantial how about make a substantial bid for the women's tournament how about that which is they're claiming there's an 80 to 120 million dollar window from their research well does ESPN have that money to do a five year deal at a half billion dollars ten year deal at, at a billion do you have that? And that's the, that's a big question because they, they're going to they have, obviously what are they going to want to bid on? They want to bid on the NBA. See where I'm going with this? Nothing to do with the product. I'm talking about the circumstances. So they're not in trouble. I don't know why you wrote that headline. That's on you. Okay, but they're trying to be smarter about what they do with their finances. And the question is, how many um, um, how many um, How many things can you bid for? And, it, and believe me, just on production costs, you're talking about. I mean, they they got fortunate the NCAA women's tournament this year went to two regions. This year, only they only went with Seattle and Greenville. They didn't go with it with four regions. I mean, there are four regions, but they played them in two different spots for the uh, Sweet Sixteen and Elite Eight. Do you see where I'm going with that, Matt? Yes, I, I will take the blame for that one. No, but I'm saying, though, but you see where I'm going yes, with it, though, yes. in terms of what they want to do with that? Right. Uh, you now That's a big question you have to ask, because it's a great thing to have. 
By the way, I, I saw the um, the TV rating numbers. We'll talk about uh, for the um, for wrestling and the men's tournament. All right, and we'll bring that to you in a moment as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing and can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right. So the ratings are out for the uh, uh, NCAA Wrestling Championships. And unfortunately, it does not paint a great picture. It does not include streaming, but you know how I feel about the streaming part. In other words, you sit there and I want to watch, say, Kevin Hur's wrestling. And I want to check in, check in, check in, check in, check in. I check in eight times. He hasn't wrestled yet. The ninth time he's wrestling, it counts as nine nine times I went in there. That's why I'm not crazy about this, the streaming thing. 454,000 viewers, down 28%, lowest since 2011. Meanwhile, the Penn State-Texas basketball game, you know what the number was for that? 6.63 million. I mean, you've got, I mean, basketball or not, you've got two big brands like that in prime time. I mean, that's that's why they put the game in prime time. Neil Kulong, next half hour. Ratings, let's face it, I, what do we get? Eight, nine million listeners when Neil's on? Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones.
back here on the Steve Jones Show. Macatrillo here in the producer chair. Steve is there in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 Hummels Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford I Kia Hyundai. Your, I felt it was good for your health to read it. Go ahead. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Ford Kia Hyundai, great selection of new and pre-owned inventory. Great service department to back it all up. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Well, for the most part, you did it pretty well. Thank you. For the most part. <laughs> Neil Kulong, who always does his part well. Sir, welcome. I, I love how you delegate the responsibility out. That's what a, that's what a good manager does. I mean, you have to do it. It's the only way. The only way the kid's going to get experience. Everyone's got to be involved. Yeah, and I keep people involved, right? In fact, keeping keeping me involved is a full time job. <laughs> and and they're managing up as well. We all know that. <laughs> yes, they are. All right. So, um, it was pro day was here last week. Every everybody on the planet was here. It seemed. Um, Matt Eberflus was here. The entire Betts Bears contingent was here. Uh, Mike McDaniel was here. Others as well. Uh, I guess Bryce Young worked out yesterday, and from what I'm reading, it sounds like he impressed a lot of people across the board. How are you now viewing this quarterback situation? Because C.J. Stroud, whom obviously I've done a couple of games where he's played, Bryce Young... I've only seen him on TV, but impressive. And the and the workout king, Anthony Richardson, and then Will Levis, who I'm, I've seen more than the pro scouts have. <laughs> yeah, it, it's amazing how quickly it seems that the bandwagon around Young just emptied out, isn't it? I mean, it was like yeah. he was the he was the easy number one pick. Yeah. In December, January. Um, I, I always said there's a lot to like with, with C.J. Stroud. He doesn't quite have the athleticism, I don't think, that, that Young does. And it, the, the thing with Young for me is it, it's not a physical trait. Uh, he has vision like very few players that you ever see. I mean, he really finds open receivers on the field. And granted, the, the, the comeback to that is, well, he's throwing to high-level pro receivers all the time. Well, good. I'm pretty sure Houston's going to be in position to to uh, draft a few of those, you know, with with the stay where they are. Assuming obviously that Stroud goes number one, I I would see uh, most offensive coordinators probably being pretty happy with either one of them. Um, I could see arguments for both, and on on the field itself, for what you can truly measure. Uh, Stroud's accuracy, I think, probably stands out as the top trait yeah. among the two of them. He has really good feet. He's really just a, a pure thrower of the football. There's a lot classically to really like about him. Young represents, I think, more of, of uh, the new style of offense in the NFL. Uh, you get a quarterback on the move. You can design things for him. Um, it's something that uh, Greg Roman probably won't get enough credit for uh, for his work in Baltimore was – the, the the designation of an offense that funneled uh, Lamar Jackson to the sideline more often than anything else, uh, which saved his, um, generally speaking, it, it, it took a lot of, of hits away from him. 
Um, you can do that with, with Bryce Young if you want to use him that way. But he can throw. The, the kid's got an arm. Uh, very quick mm-hmm. release. There's a lot to really like about him. It just it, it's. I would have thought, and I don't. This is a pointless argument to make because clearly this will never change. I, I would have thought that the the Hall of Fame worthy pro day from Zach Wilson would have taught people something about putting all of your eggs into that basket. You know, making that decision um, up until draft day is acceptable, but putting clearly that much weight into a pro day as opposed to what you saw in the field comes with a significant risk. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not trying to knock uh, C.J. Stroud at all in that regard. I just I, I felt, for me, I, it, the body of work of both players is excellent. I just I feel yes. Young uh, put more down uh, in, in games uh, than Stroud has. And Stroud had the, the better combine slash pro day. Um, not that that isn't valuable. I just think that we saw pretty much what we would have expected to see from both of them. And I don't know why uh, Stroud would jump ahead. Uh, if it is much more of a, a, a Carolina thing um, than anything else, okay, you know, I, I, I get it. I can definitely see why somebody would want Stroud over Young. But for me, um, Young is going to be it break a string of, of some kind of, you know, not so great luck at uh, taking quarterbacks number two overall. I, I think Young's going to be a good player. Yeah, uh, and the thing about uh, Stroud is this. I actually think Stroud is a good athlete, Neil. But there are guys that when they break the pocket, the first thing they want to do is run. He breaks the pocket, and the last thing he wants to do is run. Now, he had that great run in the uh, Peach Bowl game against uh, Georgia. Great run. Right, but that's a rarity for him. He keeps his head up. He's always trying to throw the ball downfield. He really doesn't want to run. That's the safer trade, too, isn't it? I mean, getting back to what I was saying about Lamar Jackson, they designed runs for him. But when they designed it, uh, he's getting close enough to the sideline, and they taught him get out of bounds at all costs. Do not fight for two, three other yards. Get get your butt out of bounds and live to, to play another play. We don't need ten yards if you can get seven. In most cases, you know, over the course of the season, you're not going to benefit us by doing that. Stroud is the type that has the athleticism to get out of the pocket. But exactly as mm-hmm. you said, his eyes are down the field. That's mm-hmm. the, what I mean when I, I call him classic. That's sort of what I mean. It, it's not a running quarterback. It's more of a mobile quarterback who can it, it, he can evade pressure and still make plays down the field. Now, I, I came up watching Ben Roethlisberger, who does not have the, the, the foot speed of these kinds of players, but he threw a lot out of the pocket. He made plays down the field. Uh, the Steelers, in, in those days, created the, the secondary route. Receivers would go a certain place, and the, the play in the huddle would be, Ben's going to roll to this side or that side. If you're not getting the ball on your primary route, then you're going to go here. They set everything up based on that spontaneity. And I, I think Stroud has the ability uh, to, to run that sort of, of uh, scheme. It's not necessarily designed, but you can do that with him. He has the accuracy. I think that's the real value. And he's fleet enough afoot to be able to get out of the pocket and still deliver the ball down the field. I can see a, a, a lot of value in that for any team. You know, anyone is going to want uh, spontaneity, to still be structured in some way. And I think you can do that, but the running, as we saw with Jalen Hurts, 
that threat to run, not just escape the pocket, but to run down the field, it makes it much harder on a secondary. Uh, it's always time how you, you do it. They are always reacting to what the offensive player is doing. Um, it, it, it's a challenge for them to stick with the receiver, and Young is the type that will, if you're that far back, I'm just going to go. I'm going to get 15 on you and then run out of bounds before you're going to know what's going on, and you're going to be tired for the next play. Um, that stress, it, it, it adds up over the course of a game. That's a really tough player to defend. Um, for me, it, it's more mobility for time, not yards. You know, I, I don't I don't know how long a quarterback in this league is going to be successful running that much. Um, we're also operating in the, the archetype here that requires every outstanding quarterback to play for 15 years. Maybe he doesn't play for 15 years. What if you get eight great years out of him? You know, is, is, mm-hmm. is that a bad pick? Uh, Cam Newton in Carolina, um, you know, his, his body betrayed him at the end of his career, but sure. I, I don't know, you'll find too many more physically gifted people than Cam Newton was, and he tore it up when he played, running and throwing. Uh, he came a long way as a passer pretty early in his career and, and won an MVP, you know, played in one Super Bowl. He wasn't the type of player who was going to last 15, 18 years, but what he had in that time um, he's, he's a remarkable player. I'm not putting him in the Hall of Fame, but it, 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 an excellent player, an excellent cornerstone uh, for a franchise that had a lot of success when he was there. Is, is Bryce Young's game uh, able to do that? I mean, half of Cam Newton's size, but uh, that mobility can create a, a very dynamic and very dangerous offense over a large chunk of time, even if it isn't 15 years. So it, it, it's... It depends on how you want to uh, coordinate your offense. It's how you want to set up the pieces around them. Um, you know, for me, I, I, I'm going to take that chance with Young. That's just me. Um, I would mm-hmm. prefer uh, I that ability off of the edge just because I, I can run more. Um, confusing isn't the right word, but uh, uh, tantalizing RPOs for an offense. Uh, defensively, they're going to want to commit one place or another. You get on the same page with your quarterback, knowing what they're looking at. If, if he is a film buff, which with by all accounts Bryce Young is, he's going to figure out what he needs to see in order to do what. And he's, he's going to be largely unstoppable uh, because of the threat and the usage of that speed, as well as the ability to throw quickly in short spaces, um, it's, I, I feel like I can do more with an offense with Young running it right now than Stroud. And I, I would say that as far as Carolina goes, it's an excellent problem to have to decide between the two of them. So I'm not yeah. sure uh, you're, exactly. you're going to make a mistake if, if you know both of those players well. Yeah, no question. So what about Lamar Jackson, though? Because Lamar Jackson, I want to be traded. And supposedly the Ravens tried three times. There are no takers. Now, there are probably no takers of the number he wants, but there are no takers. How do you view his situation? I, I, I think uh, what Lamar Jackson said is the request to be traded. What he wants is to be paid. Yes. I think in, in most cases, to suggest on March 27th, like he did, and let's keep in mind, you know, you might cast your mind back to the, to, to the playoff week, um, when people were were preparing to ask 
John Harbaugh whether or not Lamar Jackson was going to play that week. Lamar Jackson went out of his way to just you know tweet up everything that was wrong with him at that point and say that he wasn't going to play the game. It's a bold move, you know. Players don't usually do that. Um, fast forward that to yesterday. Um, I think John Harbaugh was scheduled to speak in about 95 seconds before Jackson's tweet went out. Again, I, I don't think that was an accident. I don't think it was a coincidence. Um, I, I think Jackson's kind of playing hardball a little bit. He's sort of saying, uh, this is what happened. You're going to hear this from me. You're not going to get the coach's opinion of what's going on. This is what I want. Uh, you're going to write about this, not whatever Harbaugh says. You're going to make him react to what I said. And I, I know that because it's exactly what we did when it came out. I, you know, I almost... Harbaugh is a secondary issue to, to what Jackson said. Um, to boil the whole situation down, we can't say on March 28th side has any more leverage than the other because the, the, the hypothetical, unofficial deadline to all of this is the day before, the, probably the, the hours leading into the draft. That's yeah. the last time Baltimore can get anything by trading Lamar Jackson. Right. They... It, it, he is representing that he's not going to play on the franchise tag, and it's the only piece of leverage that he has. He cannot sign the tag and and not play penalty free. Now, granted that that's not exactly helping him get paid um, to to not play, but if he insists that this is the contract that I want, this is what I deserve, this is what I earn, and there's market evidence to suggest that it is, um, you could see why he might want to do that. Um, Baltimore does not have a tremendous amount of cap space. And Jackson, who has not signed his tag, therefore is not officially on the team. That's right. Um, is counting for $32 million on their cap. So now that the quarterback free agency market's over, you've got one option outside of Lamar Jackson, a quarterback. That's Tyler Huntley. Yep. If Tyler Huntley was great, you would not have franchise tagged Lamar Jackson. That's the most understated you'll hear from me ever. They know who Tyler Huntley is. The NFL knows who Tyler Huntley is. That's why he's not signed anywhere yet. <clears throat> Overall, Baltimore is putting all their eggs into the basket that Jackson's going to play this season. They have a contract out offer to, to Jackson. They would like him to sign. Whether he will or not is going to depend largely on the, the market. Will anybody else want uh, uh, to pay up, not just in contract, but in draft assets to acquire him? Um, it's also important to know Jackson does not have to be acquired for two first-round picks. They right. can trade him for less than that. Um, I don't know if Baltimore is willing to do that. I'm not sure there is a team that would want to do that, considering uh, the contract that he needs. But at the same time, it comes down to this. They don't have to make that decision today. There's a long time between now and the start of the draft. I don't think anybody, because nobody else needs to move, I think the only movement we're really going to hear on this, short of the potential that the Ravens just say, you know what? Let's just get this over with and, and give him. It, we'll up our offer. We'll see if he bites for that. Uh, as far as him moving teams, that's probably not going to happen until before the draft because they're going to wait it out. Right now, nobody would do this. If, if you went into a store and what you wanted to buy normally costs $5, today it's on sale for 2 
you'd be pretty excited, right? Yeah. You'd go back to the store hoping that it's on sale for two, like it was that one time, and you might mm-hmm. wait because you think it's going to go on sale uh, until tomorrow. Or, uh, tomorrow would be on sale for $2. That's basic market evaluation. They don't need to spend retail for Lamar Jackson because the Ravens don't have an option. There's nothing they can do uh, in, in short of getting Lamar to take the contract that he doesn't want to sign and sign it. There's, there's nothing else the Ravens can do to make Lamar Jackson play. Contractually, he can't go anywhere else without a qualifying offer that the Ravens get to approve or reject. They cannot make Lamar Jackson the person play this season. If he doesn't play, they're completely screwed. They don't have an option. They have no cap space. They have bad draft capital. They can't move up. And they need these players because they don't even have a full team, and they only have $7 million in space. That's before their draft picks. Jackson or bust is really what Baltimore is saying. So if, if they have to make a trade, it's going to be right before the draft, and it's going to have to be for probably more than what any team is going to want to pay uh, for the right to give Lamar Jackson this massive contract. So uh, in, in my mind, it's the Ravens are going to have to pony up to give him the extension that he wants, or he's not going to play. Yeah, uh, no question. Last one for you, and this is a tough one to, uh, um, to maybe null out, but the Eagles have brought back Kelsey, one-year deal on Lane Johnson. They brought back Fletcher Cox. I mean, they're bringing back some of the uh, Brandon Graham, so bringing back several of the older players, are they risking being too sentimental about some of the people that got them, helped get them to the Super Bowl? You know, I, it, that's always a tough question, and it's one that doesn't get honestly answered until it's all said and done. Um, if you want to look at it historically, what they're doing is a bad idea because teams just don't repeat like that uh, particularly often. Um, except for the team that came back and beat them in the second half of the Super Bowl. They seem to do it quite a bit. Um, it, 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 you don't want to be as, as simplified to say this either works or it doesn't work. You, you have to look at the players. Um, I, I think there's a lot left in Lane Johnson. Um, mm-hmm. Fletcher Cox has been an outstanding player. He's not quite the same, but at the same time, um, you also lost Javon Hargrave. Right. Uh, dominant defensive tackle is not something that just falls out of the air. Um, Cox, at his price, is probably the most reasonable option they would have had anyway. You know, you're going to pay an inferior player probably the same amount of money that, that, that they're going to pay Cox. Um, and they're not familiar with that player, most likely. It's the fact that Javon Hargrave played himself to be one of the highest paid players in the game. Uh, which is remarkable in, in and of itself, I might add. Um, it, it, you really want to harp on anything with that? The fact that they got him for twenty-seven million over or twenty, uh, what nine million a year over three years, um, a little while ago. The, the, the fact that Hargrave outperformed that contract as steeply as he did is is amazing to me. I think yeah. it's great. Uh, he, he earned every penny. They weren't going to mm-hmm. be in the market for him. They almost had to keep Cox. And I think Lane Johnson, you've got a solid offensive lineman. Look, the Steelers just signed LaRaven Clark last week. And I, I had a scout tell me yeah. the, that LaRaven Clark is, in, in this scout's opinion, the worst person in this draft. And I, the same scout also predicted he'd be a third-round draft pick because there simply aren't very many of him. Right. 
when you have one, you need to keep one, regardless of where he is. Mm-hmm. And this is the price you have to pay. That, that's why they make as much money as they do. It's it, it's a valuable position. I don't want to act like it isn't, but there just aren't very many six foot six, thirty pound guys that can move their feet walking around the earth. And very few of them have played American football. So you have to keep the ones that can play at an elevated level. Um, you cannot start left tackle. I think the Steelers know that too. You also need to have guys in, in the event of injury. So players like him that, frankly, um, I, I think have come pretty close to that scout's evaluation of him throughout his career to this point uh, will continue to get a job. So it, when you have one, you got to keep them. So I, I think there is, it's fair to question the, the sentimentality part of it, but a lot of it, if, if you look at them uh, uh, decision by decision, I think they're the right market decision uh, for them to feel the team um, because I don't know how good the other options were. That That's not denigrating uh, the players in question. It's just that these are good players. We're familiar with them. We've with them. Uh, let's just keep them, even if we might have to pay a little bit more to do that. Right. Well, Never sentimental with us to have you on. It's just because you're darn good. Sir, thank you. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. We we can't lose Fletcher Cox. Fans would be mad. We might move to Phoenix. No. No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! I can just hear it now in November. Casey looks old. <laughs> He's sitting there like, excuse me, back in March, what did I say? All right. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Okay.